God bless you. Welcome to In the Word Network. I am Pastor Gail Bobino, founder of In the Word Network, also pastor of Raku Christian Center Global Church, amen, in Sacramento, California. And thank you so much for dropping by today to hear what God has to say in this season, amen, to hear what the Lord has to say to you. And um, before we get started, we're going to be coming from Isaiah 5.20, but I'm going to pray quick. This is a quick message um, that I want to uh, speak on and that God has put in my spirit to speak on in the last few days. Amen. Lord, we thank you for this day that you have made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it, Father God. Lord, I just thank you for the listeners, Father God. Open up their hearts. Open up their ears, Father God. Cause them to hear your word. Cause them to receive your word because we know that they cannot receive your word just by the preaching of the gospel. What happens is you causes them to hear, Father God. You cause them to receive what is being said, Father God. So this morning I pray, Father God, that your word will go forth in might and in power so those father god that you have caused to hear will hear and receive your word this morning and lord i thank you for what you're going to do for what you already done you're going to continue to do in jesus name amen and amen isaiah 5 and 20 says this woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Amen. And we see this very thing happening this very day, even among believers. They calling what a person do when a person is doing evil, they're calling it good. I've seen many, um, for instances, I've seen many even Christians saying about our current president, the things that he's done, they're calling those things good. They're calling what is wicked good. They're calling his actions, certain things that he's done good. And that goes to show you, and here Isaiah, he was talking about um the nature of virtue and vice, uh, piety and impiety, so to speak. And what these people do, they come in and applaud what is evil. And this is what Isaiah was saying about uh, the prophets of his time. You know how the, these prophets are doing wrong. And what has happened is they are being commended for doing wrong. And this is the very thing that has been pointed out today that God has been showing me today. We have Christians that are commending and applauding what is evil and disparage and discontinuance of what is good. They're frowning upon what is good. And the word says that put darkness for light and light for darkness. Amen. Ignorance and error for knowledge and truth. Amen. And look what it says. Let's go to look what it says in. Um, I want to read Luke 1135. Luke 1135 says, be careful that the light within you is not darkness. Be careful that the light within you is not darkness darkness also in Matthew let me go to Matthew because I'm gonna, I'm gonna put all these together all these scriptures going to be together let's go to Matthew 6 Matthew 6 22 22 through 23 it says this the light of the body is the eye if therefore thine eye be single the whole body shall be full of light but if thine eye be evil the whole body shall be full of darkness if therefore the light is the light is in thee be darkness how great is that darkness and as we said before in Luke Luke was saying be careful that the light within you is not darkness you maybe think that you living in the light 
but you actually living in darkness. Even your mindset can play, your mind can play uh, a big part in that. What you think, how you think, you think you're thinking, have the mindset of Christ, but you actually have the mindset of darkness. And to have the light within, uh, to actually be darkness will be a dismissal, con a dismal condition. Amen. So that would mean that no goodness will be left for even uh, what might have been light that you thought was light would actually be darkness, would actually be darkness. What good should have been in there if it's actually darkness? There is no good in you if in there, if there is darkness there, you're confusing uh, light for darkness. You're confusing life. That's why the word said, be careful that the light in you, that's why it said, be careful that the light within you is not actually darkness. You're confusing it for darkness. And this here, what Paul was saying when he said, whoa, whoa, this shows displeasure. This in Isaiah, where he was showing displeasure, God was showing displeasure. He said, woe unto them that call evil good and good evil and that put darkness for light and put light for darkness. In other words, you're putting ignorance and error for knowledge, uh, knowledge and truth. In other words, those who you are subverting or perverting all the great principles of truth, wisdom and and of righteousness at, at most a most corrupt condition of the church and state this is this is a sad day and we see in this in this dispensation in the body of Christ corrupt condition of the church and this is a um and this is a false church. When you see things happening where a church is accepting evil for good and good and calling good evil, this is a false church. And we see this now that the church is in an all-out war with the false church. With the false church. An all-out war with the false church. Amen? And corrupt conditions of a church is a false church, a sad state in which men accustomed to vices and begin with the things of themselves. They're thinking only of themselves, not the things of God, but the things of themselves to lose to, uh, 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 the names of them, amen, and to draw a veil as though they're superior and that what they are doing, that their name holds more value than God by sanctifying their crimes with their names to be virtuous, amen, amen. This is reproof of the prophet of Isaiah. This is reproof. Isaiah uh, was showing this about these prophets supposes that the difference between good and evil, sin and holiness is a self-evident, shows the contrary qualities which are were informed in by the reports that he received, Prophet Isaiah received, report of the senses, amen? And he was showing this is not of God. This is evil. And to and um in Matthew, Matthew was saying, as I read in Matthew, when Matthew was talking about the light of the body, um, is the eye. And he said, If therefore thine eye be single, the whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, if thine eye be evil, the whole body shall be full of darkness the whole body should be full of darkness if therefore the light that is in thee be darkness how great is thy that darkness amen how great is that darkness and he was describing here jesus was describing here the spiritual vision his disciples should have uh requiring um us to see it clearly what god wants us to do and what he how he wanted us to see the world 
from his point of view. Your eye is a lamp to your body. What that means is through the eye of the body, it receives light, allowing it to move in the uh, allowing it to move. And in the Old Testament, though, the eye is denoted the direction of a person's life. A pure eye focuses on God. It lets sunshine into the person's soul so that he can serve God wholeheartedly. And we know that we cannot serve God wholeheartedly if we do not have that light. Amen. An evil eye represents materialism, greed, covetousness. Such a person may not think, may it might think he has the light, but actually that person have darkness. That person do not have darkness because he shuts out the spiritual light. This is what the word, what God was telling his disciples. And it could mean a sort of double vision that could mean uh, uh, a double vision trying to focus on God and the world uh, and the world and earthly possessions, which will lead to gloom. A gloomy life, amen? It'll lead to darkness in eternity. How deep is the darkness will be? That's what it said in Matthew. We're still talking about Matthew 6, 22 and 23. For those who see the light but are not focused on God. You're trying to see the light, but you're not focused on God. In these words, Jesus was calling his uh, followers to to undivided loyalty, eyes fixed and focused on him, eyes fixed and focused on him. So if you have darkness in you, you cannot see the light. You can see the light. Some people can see the light, but your focus on is on is is not on God. It's not fixed on him. Your focus is trying to be fixed on the things of the world, materialism, and also the things of God. And you cannot have both. This is why he's saying woe to those who call good evil and good um and good evil and evil good. You can't do that. You want to subvert and uh uh subvert our pervert all the great principles of the word of God. This is what's happening. And then what happens is because we think we have light, but it's actually darkness, but you're sanctifying your wrongdoings, your evil doings. You're trying to sanctify that, your crimes. Amen. And, and, and your name and the name, your name being virtuous when it's actually evil, you're doing evil. You're trying to give yourself a good name, which when you're doing evil deeds, and this is what God is talking about. Amen. The word of God is talking about woe to those, woe to those, amen. Who put darkness for light and light for darkness. Contrary qualities. These are uh, contrary to the word of God. You there, If you in darkness, there is definitely no light. Light has, light above darkness does not shine out with brighter evidence that the preeminence, which is virtue, which virtue has above vice, righteousness above unrighteousness. You can't have the two. It's either one or the other. You serve God wholeheartedly or you serve your evil desires. You can't have two. There's error there. And we seeing this so much in the body of Christ where now they're implementing worldly values in the body of Christ and calling those things good. They're calling those things good in the body of Christ. That is a false church. You cannot do that. Woe to them that calls, call evil good and good evil. And this is what God is talking about. That's why the word says again in Luke, make sure that be careful that the light in you, within you, is not darkness. Are you exuding darkness? Or are you exuding light? Amen. Amen. Examine yourself. 
the body of Christ must examine itself to see if it's light that you are exuding or is it darkness. Amen. And calling evil good. You're calling sin holiness. And holiness sin. You're calling evil good. And good evil. You can't do that. That's why the. Um, the Bible said woe. When it says woe. Unto them. That is showing his displeasure. He is not pleased. He is not pleased with what is being. Um. To those who's calling these things evil, good, and good, evil. Let me go back to that. I want to read it from the New Living Translation. Um, says it this way. What sorrow awaits. What sorrow awaits them are what sorrow for those who are wise in their own eyes. And think themselves to be clever. That's Isaiah uh, 21, that's verse 21 that says that. But look, what sorrow for those who say that evil is good and good is evil, that dark is light and light is dark, that bitter is sweet and sweet is bitter. That is the New Living Translation version. And the, it's which justify the wicked for the reward and take the righteous, the righteousness of the righteous for him. That's calling is woe. That means when he say woe, what sorrow, what sorrow wastes them. There's nothing but destruction coming for those people who call evil good and good evil. Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes. And that means one who is being puffed up with high opinion of their own wisdom, who despises the counsel instructions of God by his prophets of Jehovah by his prophets or prefer their own vain imaginations before uh, the decisions of the infinite wisdom. This is what God is saying. There is doom. These type of people are doomed. Those people who are wise in their own eyes, you're calling good evil and evil good. You wise in your own eyes. You do not want to hear the counsel of God. So you, these people, these particular people, even in this dispensation, are being commended and being applauded for their evil doing. For their evil doing. Calling what is good evil virtue and, and and vice amen they call in what they're good what they're doing evil you see men doing evil to this very day in this dispensation doing evil but you have people who are blinded by evil and calling what uh particular people in high places what they're doing they're calling the evil that they're doing good and nothing awaits these people. Only thing awaits these evil do these type of people that call evil good and get good evil and put darkness for light and light for darkness and bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Doom is only waiting them. Destruction. Destruction. Glorifying their crimes. Sanctifying their crimes. Calling where everything they do, the evil that they're doing. Somebody can shoot somebody in the head and they call that good. Nothing but destruction await these type of people. This is what God is saying. This is what God's saying. Calling sin good and calling holiness evil. There's a place for these people like this and God is not going to tolerate this in this dispensation anymore. We're living in the last days. Let's be clear on that and the last days started when Jesus after his crucifixion and he rose from the dead. This is when the last days began. Church, we are living in the last days and we are seeing the enemy rise up in the body of Christ. Even during this time, the COVID-19, we have false prophets that are on um, social media platform and, and we're, and we're patting 
unbelievers and ungodly men on the back and saying that they're doing good. And we have these so-called churches. They call themselves churches, and they're applauding applauding these people for their evil doings, they will soon be destroyed and destroyed because they are calling evil good and good evil and pretending they are for God, but they're not for God. Amen. They look like us. They talk like us. They sound like us, but they're not of us. Amen. That's what the word of God tells us. And we're seeing this more and more in the last in in the in these last days, and the church have to stand boldly to contend for the faith. They have to call what is evil evil. Have to stand in, call evil for what it really is, and stop, stop. Uh, coddling evil. Stop coddling these people who are in sin in the body of Christ. Stop coddling them. It's time to rebuke what is wrong. Amen? And stop being acceptive. It's time for us to contend. Contend for the faith. To rebuke when the enemy comes. To rebuke the devil. Amen? To rebuke evil words. To come against to come against them, those who are being puffed up, those who have a high opinion of their own self, their own wisdom. It's time for us to stand up. They, These type of people, they don't want counsel. They despise it. They don't want godly counsel. They don't want truth and knowledge. Amen? They don't want that. They want to um, operate out of their flesh. They want to uh, lean to their own understanding. They have their opinion of what the church is and what the church should be instead of reading, uh, coming into the full knowledge of the gospel of Jesus Christ. They despise it. They despise counsel and they have this own, their own vain imaginations. They have their own decision. What their decision is, their decision should stand. But this is not the true church. This is an ungodly church. This is a false church that the Bible speaks of in the last days that will come up. And it's an all-out war right now on the, the true and false church. The false church, they have the enemy is rising up. Too many Christians, the Christians are not being vigilant. The true church must be vigilant. Amen. Must be vigilant because we are not wrestling against flesh and blood, but us, but against spiritual uh, principalities, against spiritual wickedness in high places. The Bible speaks of that, and we are not battling on a fleshly plane, but on a spiritual plane. Satan, uh, we um, so we must battle him on a spiritual plane. And Ephesians 11 tells us and gives us instructions on how to defeat the enemy. Put on the whole armor of God that we may be able to withstand the wiles of the devil. Talks about the breastplate of righteousness. Amen. We must put on the whole armor. The whole armor. Remember the word of God. Speak scriptures against the enemy. We have to use scriptures while when we are praying so our prayers can be effective. Amen. That's why the word of God says in in Psalms 37, 1, fret not thyself for evil doers, for they soon shall be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herbs. We must not fret ourselves, but we must stand and contend for the faith. We must be vigilant. Amen. We must be vigilant as believers. Woe, 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 woe to those who call evil good and good evil. If you call an evil good, you do not belong to the Lord. You are none of his. If you're calling good evil or evil good, you're giving you're giving men evil men attaboys for their wrongdoings, giving them pats on the back, commend, applauding them for their wrongdoings for the, what is evil. You are not, you are not 
one of God's people. If that's what you are doing, you're patting them on the backs. You're applauding them for their evil doing. You're disparaged and, 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 uh, disparaging what is good you are denouncing the good what's good and coming against what is good you are a false church and you do not belong to the lord we must be vigilant church we must be vigilant whoa whoa destruction is coming upon them that call evil good and good evil Amen. This is something that God has put in my spirit uh, for for a, a while. And there's a lot of woes in Isaiah 5. There's about four woes in this woe, uh, 5 and 20 of Isaiah. That's the fourth one. That is the fourth one. And that is God showing his displeasure. When he says woe, God is showing his displeasures towards those these people that are wicked. And when he said this, I'm going to say this and I'm going to close. But the, the word said this in Isaiah 18. Woe to them that draw iniquity with cords of vanity and sin as it were with a cart rope. Woe who draw iniquity that are not drawn to sin by the allurement of the world or by the persuasion of the wicked men, but are active and industrious in drawing sin to themselves or themselves to sin. Nothing is luring them in to sin. They're luring themselves into sin. What it is, that's why the Bible said they draw iniquity with cords of vanity in what he said. And we are seeing this within the false church who's calling themselves the real church, but they're active. These type of people are active and industrious in drawing sin to themselves. Isn't that something or themselves to sin? And the word said with cords of vanity or of lying, as the word frequently signifies, that is with vain and deceitful arguments and pretense. Uh, here is where the sinners generally draw themselves to sin, such as that God does not regard human affairs. Amen. That many of the great sinners often go what unpunished. That we see no proof of the the, the divine interposition but look at second peter three and three and four we can go let me let me turn to that i, I was going to end this but i, I want to go there because it's important that we read that there's no proof of sin when we're talking about uh sin that's in second peter let's see yeah second peter three second peter Three and three says this, knowing this first that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. And that's what he was saying with courts and vanity of lying as the word frequently signifies as with vain, deceitful arguments. This is what this is. Here we are in Second Peter three and three through verse four, third chapter through, uh, and verse three and four. And God, how God does not regard human affairs. And look what they're saying as at in verse three, it said that ye knowing this first that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust saying where is the promise of his coming for since the fathers fell asleep all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation and sin and here we go let's continue with Isaiah 18 of uh, 518 and sin with a cart rope with all their might 
the Bible said with a cart rope. So that means with all their might as beasts that draw carts with ropes. They say, let him make speed. Namely, God is who named thou, whose name thou and other prophets are always reproving, threatening us and hasten his work that we may see it. He, that he may see it. And the, these are the people saying that if we were fools, that God, he only thinks to affright us as though we were fools or children with uh, uh, or pretended evils. This is what they're saying. These people coming against God's counsel, holy counsel, coming against his holy counsel and seeing as if it was with a cart rope, how these people were sinning. And they came against God, the, his counsel. Amen. And we see this as things are happening in the last days. These things are happening in the last days where we see people scoffing at God. Amen. Accepting evil for good, calling evil good and good evil. And this is why I wanted to bring this message today. We see in this happening, uh, we see in scoffers, even people cursing the name of God, cursing and saying and, and, and careless with the word. Even Christians today are careless with God. They think because we in this, we have the, the because this COVID-19 is going on, they shouldn't be studying their word daily. They shouldn't be praying daily. They're frustrated and full of fear. Yeah, you're frustrated and full of fear because you are not in your word daily. You think this is the time to play and be free. No, this is a time where you should be in the word like never before, receiving the word of God like never before. Study to show yourself approved like never before, praying Seeking God, getting in the face of God, fasting, seeking what God would have you to do and during the time of the COVID virus. This is not a time to play games. This is not a time. And then the young people, you, it's the same with you. There's no difference. You should be studying. Young Christians should be studying the word of God, should be focused on the things of God, not being focusing on yourself, being selfish and having selfish motives. This is for every believer. You just because you're young, it's no different. You get what the adults get. You get what the older generation get. The word of God, the unadulterated word. Study your word. Amen. If you're going through hard times right now, study the word. Stop looking at the world. Stop looking at the world because there are a lot of young men and women seeing things that are in the world today and their mindset is changing and they're calling what's evil good and calling good. They're accepting it. They're accepting it. Look at the riot at the um the Capitol in Washington. There are people that are calling this good. They're calling this type of evil good. And we see this and we don't want the young Christian young people minds to be deterred from God to that foolery that is happening out there. That is nothing but the evil, he, the, the devil, because he come to kill, steal and to destroy. He wants to destroy the body of Christ and he want to uh, he wants to defame God's word. He wants to he, he wants the young men and women and Christians alike to change, to exchange. The, that lie, to exchange the lie, to exchange the truth for a lie. He wants to exchange God's word for a lie. But we must be vigilant. We must contend for the faith. We must stay prayerful. It's no different. A lot of people, you know, I hear a lot of pastors keep, you know, keep trying to make make things fit for young people in the church. No, you give them what they gave us back then and you give it to them now. And that is the word. That is the word, and they should be studying the word. You do not implement worldly values in the body of Christ, and then you call it holy. No, because what happens then, then you taint the sanctity of the body of Christ. You, you, you come in and taint what's holy for what's sinful. You cannot do that. Young folks need to get somewhere and sit down and get in the presence of the Lord and study the word of God. It is no difference. Amen. So you won't be calling bitter sweet and sweet bitter, righteous, 
unrighteous. Allow the Holy Spirit to work in you. Ask God to fill you with his Holy Spirit, young people, and, and Christians that are, don't walk in the Spirit, who has the light, who you see the light, but you have darkness in you because you're thinking about the things of the world. Your focus is not God. It's like a double vision. You see dark and you see light, but you you see God, but you're choosing, you're choosing, uh, choosing what's evil. You're choosing uh, darkness. You're seeing darkness and darkness. That's greed. The world, things of the world instead of the things of God. Amen. Let's not be confused. Let's not be confused in this. We got false prophets rising up preaching what is evil. Amen. Preaching what is evil and not what's good. Amen. Those are false prophets. And so you're dealing with false church and true church. And my prayer, especially to young men and women, Christian young men and women, amen? You cannot see light and then accept what's dark, amen? And then you're shaken by the things of the world. You love the things of the world. Greed, amen? You don't want to get yourself caught up in, in, uh, in greed. And this is what the word is talking about it's like a double vision it is a double vision and you don't want to get caught in that double vision you have to have one light and one light only spiritual vision is what you should be gearing towards too and this is what god was saying about his disciple you must have a pure eye and a pure eye focuses on god amen and that that spiritual eye lets the sun in. Amen. That pure eye lets the sun into that person's soul. But the evil eye, if you the, the evil eye represent materialism, greed, covetousness. Amen. So my prayer today, my prayer today is for the body of Christ today. Young folks mainly. All of us, all Christians, even those who don't walk in the anointing, ask God to fill you with his Holy Spirit so you can see from your spiritual eye. Amen. So you won't accept the, the uh, lie for the truth. So you won't call evil good and good evil. Amen. Bitter, sweet, sweet, bitter. Amen. You must stay in the word to keep your focus. You must have a prayer life with the Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in to End the Word Network. God bless you. God bless you. This is the day that the Lord has made and we shall rejoice and be glad on it. Father, I thank you for the listeners that dropped by this morning, Father God. Father God, we will not, we will not accept the things that are false, Father God. We will not call evil good and good evil, Father God, but we will keep the pure light in our heart, Father God, and that pure light is you, Lord Jesus. That pure light is you. No darkness shall befall us, Father God, in the name of Jesus. Things must, we must keep all things pure so we can see, Father God. We must not have a double vision, Father God. It must be a vision of light, spiritual vision, Father God, so we can see the darkness that's trying to come in and we'll be able to cast it out in the name of Jesus. Now, Lord, I pray for the body of Christ in this season, Father God, that they will ha open up their spiritual eye, their pure eye in the name of Jesus and have spiritual vision, Father God, and that we will be able to tell truth from false, Father God, in the name of Jesus. Now, Lord, I thank you this morning, Father God, that you will be glorified in everything that we do, glorified in everything that we say, Father God. For the word said that you are the light of the world, Father God, that you are light, Father God. And the word tells us, make sure that the light within us is not darkness. So we must examine ourselves, examine our lives to make sure that we are walking in holiness, that we are walking in truth, Father God, and that we won't give accolades, Father God, to the evil one, Father God, that we won't pat the corruption, the corrupt 
on the back and called that corrupt person good, Father God. Amen, Lord. I thank you this morning, Father God, and that we will open up our eyes, our spiritual eyes, and that we will see Father God, you and that your light let and that we will let your light, Father God, resonate in our hearts and that it will show on the outside, Father God. Now, Lord, I thank you and, and I praise you and I glorify you in, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Good morning. I'm Pastor Gail Bobineau. Welcome to In the Word Network. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. No matter my circumstances, I shall rejoice and be glad in this day because I am still in the land of the living to see another day that wasn't even promised. So this morning, I thank God for his mercy. I thank God for his grace over my life. Amen. Thank God for grace over my life. Uh, I'm going to go right into the message this morning, what God has put in my spirit this morning. Lord, we thank you for this day, Father God. We thank you for uh, life, health, strength, Father God. We thank you, Father God, for the activities of our limbs this morning, Father God. Lord, minister to us this morning as the word go forth, Father God. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. I'm going to be reading from Haggai, the first chapter. Haggai, the first chapter that is in the Old Testament. Amen. And the title that I want to give this today, Where Does Your Priority Lies? Where does your priority lies? Amen. And I'm going to begin at the third verse. That's Haggai, Haggai 1 and the third verse. I'm starting at the third verse. Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. It is time for you yourselves to be living in, is it time? For you yourselves to be living in your panel houses. God asked a question. He asked a question. Is it time for you yourselves to be living in your panel houses while the house remains a ruin? Now this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. You have planted much but harvested little. You eat but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. Verse 7. This is what the Lord says a second time. Give careful thought to your ways. Now, mind you, God said this twice. Give careful thought to your ways in verse 5 as well. Now, verse 7, he's saying the same thing. Give careful thought to your words. Go up unto the mountains and bring down the timber to build my house so I may take pleasure in it and it be honored, says the Lord. He said this in verse 9. You expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew away. Why, declares the Lord Almighty, because of my house, which remains in ruins. My house, my temple, which remains in ruin. And God was telling them that while they're fattening up their pockets, that his temple remained in ruins. While each of you is busy with your own house. Therefore, because of you, the heavens have withheld their dew and the earth its crops. I call for a drought to the fields and the mountains and the grains and the new wine, the olive oil and everything else the ground produces on people and livestock, on all the labor of 
your hands. I stopped here at verse 11. I stopped at verse 11. Here God asked the people. He asked his people, how could they live in luxury when his house, the temple, was lying in ruins? The temple was the focal point of Judah's relationship with God, but the temple was still demolished. It has not, they had not rebuilt the temple at that time. This is how God have communion with his people. It was at that time through the temple, but the temple was in ruins. And Judah's relationship with God, that was their, the temple was the focal point of them having a personal relationship with God, where they go in and worship with God. But it was still in ruins. They had not fixed it. But instead of rebuilding the temple, the people put their time into beautifying their own homes. No matter how hard they work, the people worked for themselves, the less they had. The harder they worked, the less they had. They didn't gain much. That's why the word of God says the more they put in there, they were putting, um, putting money in, in everything they earn in their purses, but their purses had holes. So the harder they work, the less they had. And this is what God was talking about. Their priorities was not of God. Their priorities were themselves first. They had put God on the back burner. And this is how, example of how some Christian lives are today, God is put on the back burner and and they're too busy because they're too busy fulfilling their needs. And so the more they make, the more they earn, it becomes less and less. Amen? It becomes less. And the less they had, they worked so hard because what happened is they ignored their spiritual lives. They ignored their relationship with Christ. The temple was left unbuilt. It was left destroyed. They had not rebuilt the temple. And this is the same that happens with us. If we put God first, he will provide everything we need. If we put him on the back burner, all of our efforts will be Futile, caring only for our physical needs while ignoring our relationship with God will lead to our own ruin. And this is what God was trying to say to them. He said that's why he put a halt on on the crops. If you look where he talks, he said this. He said, I call for a drought. He caused a drought on the fields and the mountains. Even on the grain, the new wine, here in verse 11, he's, the new wine, the olive oil, everything else the ground produces, he called a drought. Even the livestock, on the people and the livestock, and all the labor of their hands. And if you're working in the fields and there is no, and he withheld the dew and, the, and that became a drought, he called a drought, there is nothing to harvest. There is n- Your labor becomes futile. And that's what happened here with Judah because of the disobedience. This is why Haggai encouraged the people to finish rebuilding the temple. And what happened, the oppositions from hostile neighbors had caused them to feel discouraged and to neglect the temple and to neglect God. But Haggai's message turned them around and motivated them to pick up their tools and continue the work they had begun in the first place. In the beginning, they started. And and if you notice in verse 9, it said, you expected much. God asked them, he said, you expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. What you brought home he said, I blew away. And God asked the question, why, declares the Lord Almighty, because of my house, which remains in ruins, while each of you 
is so busy with your own homes, taking care of your own home. See, Judah's problem was conf- they had conf- problem was confused with priority. They had confused their priority. Amen. For their own. Now, like Judah, our priorities involving occupation, family, and God's work are often are often confused. Jobs, homes, vacations, leisure, activity rank higher. We see this today even in the body of Christ. These things rank higher than what God has called us to do. These are the higher priority that we have put on our list of importance than God. Amen. And what is most important to you? Ask yourself that. Why? Where does your priority lie? What is most important to you? What is first on your priority list? What is first? Where is God on your list of priorities? Ask yourself that. Where is God? Where does he have room for? Where is God on your list of priorities? What do you put first? Or is he still on the back burner? Vacation time, leisure time. Amen? Where does God fit in in your priorities? Amen. Now he talks about, we, let's go back. I want to go back because I was talking about the drought that God had withheld, the grain, the grapes for wine, olives for oil, where uh, where Israel major crops, that was their main crops. Amen. The people depended on the securities while neglecting their worship with God. Amen. Now, as a result, God would send a drought to destroy their livelihood and call them back to himself. See, what happened is because they neglected to build the temple and and, it was the major part, that temple was the focal point of their relationship and worship with God. Amen. So what God had to do, he had to come in and he had to mess with their livelihood. How many know that God would mess with our livelihood to get our attention, to get back in relationship with him, to get back on the focal point, amen, of our relationship with Christ, amen? God would interrupt our lives. He would interrupt our livelihoods and show up what show us what matters most, and that is him as our main priority, priority in our lives. Amen. Look what it says here. Let's go to verse 12. Let me read verse 12. Verse 12 says, Is then Zerubbabel, son of Shatil? Joshua, son of uh, Josadak, the high priest, and the whole remnant of the people obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the message of prophet Haggai, because the Lord their God has sent him, and the people feared the Lord. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave this message of the Lord to the people. I am with you, declares the Lord. So the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, son of Shatil, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, son of Josadak, the king, the high priest, and the spirit of the Lord, of the spirit of the whole remnant of the people, they came and began to work on the house of the Lord their God on the 24th day of the sixth month. Sometimes God has to come in and intervene when, where we have failed in our priorities, to make him number one in our lives. Amen. Sometimes he has to come. So what happened, the people here in 14, verses 14 and 15 of Haggai, the first chapter, the people began rebuilding the temple just 23 days after Haggai's first message. Amen. Rarely did the prophet's message produce such a quick response. Sometimes it it took longer when a prophet brought a word from the Lord, but this had a quick response. And how often do we respond 
to uh, often do we respond when we hear this, when we hear a message or a sermon and respond? How quick do we respond? Amen. The, um, and we see the main focal point was to worship and to have that close relationship with God. So God, when we stay in tune with the Lord, our livelihood will continue. It will continue to grow. It will continue to, um, it will continue to grow. But when we put God on the back burner, then that's when things become in ruins. It can become, it can come in to ruins. Amen. And this was an excellent point that was shown out when we put God on the back burner, put all our personal priorities first, then things begin to go haywire in our lives. Amen. It becomes, we begin to have problems in our lives. Like God's, he sent the drought. There'll be a drought in our finances, a drought in our, in our food pantry, a drought, uh, um, a drought in, in our grain, a drought in our harvest. Amen. So this would happen, but the people, they responded to Haggai's prophecy quickly and they put their words into action. When we hear a good sermon or a good uh, Bible study or a good lesson, ask what you should do about it. Then we ask the Lord, Lord, what should I do about this? I heard this and I want to act upon it. What should I do? And then make plans to put it into practice. This is what we do. Once we hear the word, we make plans to put it into practice. We step up and we begin, we act upon what we've heard. This is what we do as Christians. We begin to act upon what we heard. We heard, the, they heard, uh, the people heard Haggai's message, the, the word from the Lord, and they immediately act upon it. This is what we do when we hear the message. We hear a sermon. We hear a, 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 a lesson at Bible study, or we hear a message, a message, uh, an, a lesson, a particular lesson. We what we do, we act upon it. We act upon that, so the people begin to rebuild the temple, so they can have fellowship with God. So to make so God would be their priority in their lives and everything else is secondary luxury fixing up your homes doing all these things putting everything before God and this is what God was saying to the people to Judah he was saying that you know how can you live in such live in luxury when the temple is not haven't even been built yet and and to end this message this morning, this is a short message. This is just a message that we all need to hear in the body of Christ. We do not put God on the back burner. We put him first. When we put him first, there is no limit to our blessings. But when we put him on the back burner, then our livelihoods are interfered with because we have put God last instead of first. Amen. Amen. And my question to you again this morning, what is your priority? Amen. Where does your priority lie? Is, is, is Christ first in your life or he's, is he last? Amen. Lord, we thank you for the word that have went forth this morning, Father God. And we just thank you, Father God, that we will put you first, Father God. When we hear your word, we will begin to act immediately up on it and put it into action, Father God. We will make you first and foremost in our lives. And we will not make you the uh make you the uh put you on the back burner, Father God, but we will seek you in all things, Father God. We will put in action what we've heard, what we learned, Father God. The Lord, I thank you as we go throughout this day that you will be magnified and glorified, Lord Jesus. Amen. And that we will have our prayer time. We will spend time with you, Father God, in prayer, Father God, in worship, Father God. Now, Lord, I thank you this morning for what you're going to do in our lives, Father God, and what you're going to continue to do. 
and what you already done, Father God. Now, as we go throughout the rest of this week, Father God, we will put you first, Father God. You will be our main priority, Father God. You will be the focal point. You will be the center of our lives, Father God. As we go throughout this week, Father God, that let that be a reminder how, hey, God brought the word, the word of the Lord to uh, Judah, Father God, that that our livelihood comes from God. Hallelujah. That our livelihood, when we put him first, everything else will be added, Father God. The harvest, Father God, our livelihood. Now, Lord, I thank you this morning and I glorify you in Jesus' mighty and precious name. I am Pastor Babano, and I thank you for joining and tuning in. And we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Just to let you know, we have events that will be coming up this summer. We know everything happened because of the COVID, but there are events coming. So look look for, look on Facebook. You will begin to see flyers of Rockwood Christian Center Global Church. You'll begin to see events that will be happening in California and also in Florida. Yes, we still have our ministry in Florida. Amen. God bless you, and just uh, you'll begin to see things things happening. Um, I'll be traveling, um, uh, beginning to travel in probably beginning the summer. That's where I'm looking for travel in my ministry and next year uh, to uh, Kampala, uh, Africa. Amen. So we thank you for tuning in, and just keep just keep your eyes open on the on on my pages on Facebook. God bless you, and remember, it's all about the kingdom.